Larson come. Amen, amen, amen. Let's, let's back the preacher tonight. Praise God. God. Amen. Can we just go ahead and lift up our voices? Can we lift up our hands? To the Lord right now. The Lord is in this place. I feel a surge of His power in this house. And if there's anything that you need, there's not anything too hard. I said there, that's, there's not anything too hard. Nothing too hard for the Lord. Last I checked, He's still the miracle worker. He's still the mighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we just go ahead and lift them up just a little bit more? Just push a little bit more. I need them tonight. I need the help of the Holy Ghost tonight. There's not anything that I can do on my own. I've got to have Him. Hallelujah, Jesus, we love you. I didn't have this in my scriptures, but if you can pull up 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. And uh, it's not my main text. My main text is going to be in Romans chapter 4, I believe. While you're turning there, I, I didn't feel to go through a lot of formalities, and, but there's one that I can't pass by, and that's giving honor to the man of God in my life. So thankful for our pastor, so thankful for the opportunity to be able to minister the word of the Lord, to be able to be a part of the ministry team, such, such great men here in the church, and just we're so privileged, we're so blessed for a man of God that, that believes in the word of God. I said a man of God that believes in the word of God. There's a lot of preachers that come a dime a dozen, but I, I believe and I know from the depths of my heart he's a true man of God. And I'm thankful for Pastor Reagan. And I love you and thank you again for the opportunity. First Corinthians chapter three, verse three, for you're not wait a second here. I'm sorry, first Corinthians three six. Three six. I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God gave the increase. And if you could turn to Romans chapter 11, starting at verse 18. Romans chapter 11, starting at verse 18. The Bible says, Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast... Thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches are broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, he's talking about Israel, he's talking about the Jews here. But the word of the Lord tells us, take heed, lest... He also spare not thee. 
Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fail, severity, but toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut off off the olive tree, which is a wild branch, or wild, wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree. I want to preach with the help of the Holy Ghost today. There's rest in the tree. There's rest. In the tree. If you could just lay your Bibles down and lift up your hands and just begin to call on the name of the Lord one more time. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, and we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. God, you are so mighty. You are so great. And we thank you, Jesus, for your word. Lord, help me to be your servant this evening, God, and deliver what you've given me to the church today. Lord God, that it would help somebody in their walk with God today. That it would help somebody, a sinner, to even come into your presence and receive the Holy Ghost, Lord Jesus. Not just in this church service, but God, in this church right here, the church of Olathe, the truth church, God. We worship you and we praise you. We give you all the glory in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Good to have my brother. He just slipped in. My brother Frank, he uh, is going to be in my hallelujah corner. And uh, I'm thankful for him that he was able to come. Hopefully everybody else is in my hallelujah corner today. Hallelujah. Whenever the preacher's preaching the word of God, eh, we need to be in that hallelujah corner. But, but we see here when we read the scripture from Romans chapter 11, Paul is giving us a, a parable of, of a tree. He's given us some understanding here. And really, uh, he says, I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery. He was painting a picture. He was trying to relay some things to the church of Rome that, that, that you didn't just come to this place on your own. You didn't come here, but there was a people that, that was a, a part of something that you don't have no clue about. And uh, many of the Israelites we know, and I don't have a lot of time to go there, but we just know that the Israelites, uh, when they were walking in the in the in the desert in the wilderness, and even um, after the the judges and going throughout all the time uh, from uh, the Genesis and the times of Moses all the way up to the time when Jesus came, we we just saw a lot over and over failure after failure after failure, and never really getting a hold of the God that that they really. Uh, was trying to get a hold of, and there's reasons for that, and I'm going to get into that. And but I, I, I really, if I could have, I would have read more scripture from Romans. So I would, I would encourage you to go home tonight and read and study Romans chapter uh, 11, and and really get the full context of the whole thing. But but Paul did not want us to be ignorant of this mystery. 
and really the, the answer to the crux of everything that I'm talking about you to, to you today is in John chapter 15 and verse 5, which is actually part of the text. It says, and this is Jesus speaking, he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him the same bringeth forth, everybody say, much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. It's a revelation to understand this because I think that a lot of times we think that we can come up with a program and we can come up with this and we can come up with that and just because it worked in the past uh, we think well we should just do that again and sometimes don't even pray about some of the things that that uh, we, we, we really do need to pray. We need to understand that, that God, although He doesn't change, there's certain direction that He wants to give us. He wants us to take us uh, places in higher dimensions, in higher realms of the Spirit. Again, this is the year of death. We've been talking about this. We want to go deeper in God. And I believe God has been given revelation to this church. He's certainly been doing it for me. God's been helping me in enlightening my mind to the scriptures and I trust that God's doing that for everybody else here getting in the word of God and reading and feasting on his word every day but I'm here to talk to you today there's rest in the tree I said there's rest in the tree there's only one thing that is predestined I don't want to talk I don't want to talk talking about a doctrine here but I, I'm just trying to bring this out just to build a base of, of where I'm going here this evening but there's only one thing when you talk about predestination, which is and was and continues from the knowledge of God. Everything is predestined according to the mind of God. That's, that's why uh, John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. God never had a beginning. This is talking about the beginning of creation. All things, the Bible says, were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. The only one thing that is predestined is God's will and God's church. Do I get an amen? Do I got a witness? Is that the truth? That's why Romans, the writer of Romans, Paul tells us in Romans 8 and 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. This is a revelation because of the fact that Jesus Christ became the firstborn among many brethren. And we understand that because it wasn't just Jesus a man, but it was Jesus where there was a manifestation. God God was manifested, the Bible tells us, in the flesh. And because of that, he became the firstborn. And because of what he did, he made a way where it just didn't seem like there could be a way for the salvation of men and all of the blunders and all of the things that happened in the Old Testament. It never seemed like the Jewish people would ever be able to get a handle on what, what, what God was doing in their, in their life. Amen. Scripture says, moreover, whom he did predestinate them, he also called. And whom he called them, he also justified. And whom he justified them, he also glorified. First thing that we learn in biblical uh, interpretation is who's being spoken to. What is the Bible talking about? The who, the what, the where. Who is it? 
So when we look at this scripture in Romans 8.30, who is them? Who is them? Them he also called, and whom he called them he also justified. Paul's explaining to the Romans that there's a calling upon your life. There's something that, that God is wanting to do. God's trying to bring a revelation and an understanding to you that there's a predestination. And I'm not here to talk about a doctrine of predestination, but the understanding is, is that God, in, in his infinite wisdom, had you in mind. He had each and every one of us in mind. He knew who you were before you were ever born, before you were ever created. He knew and he understood in his foreknowledge of those that were going to be in his church. He knew that the people that are here today, he knew on this day, in the, uh, this hour, at this place right now, he knew that you'd be sitting here and listening to the preaching and lifting up your hands and worshiping God. Scripture says he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? This is really not where I'm trying to go. What I'm trying to explain, what I'm trying to bring out, what I'm trying to draw here is we've got to understand who we are in God. I said we've got to understand who we are in God. We've got to get out of the, the shadow and the pools of intellect and dive deeper into the sovereignty and the power of God. Well, I hope someone's hearing what I'm saying today. I don't want to be in the shallow uh, waters of where it just comes up to my ankle or up to my waist. But like Ezekiel talked, I want to be in the river of God. I want to be in the fullness of God. Pastor was telling his burden is today and talking about I just I want more I desire more of him and I, I feel the same way I just want more of God I want more of God is that your heart's cry today if that's your cry today could you just begin to lift up your voice just lift up your voice to him Hallelujah, we worship you today. We praise you today. I believe the Lord is bringing fresh revelation to someone today. He's reminding you and He's quickening you of, of one time and back in the past that I remember that moment. I remember that time when, when, when God spoke to me and I felt His power and I saw the miracle. I saw things transpire because of the fact that I realized that I was in the vine. I was in the tree. I, I was in the place where I needed to be. Peter talks about, he says, that I may know Him. In the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made com conformable unto his death. Conformity, there's nothing, there's no joy about conformity. Because it, it, it really rests in, in being obedient and there's, there's no feel good about it when you have to conform to things. We as the people in the church need to understand that who we are. The, we are the Israel of God according to Galatians 6. The writer of Hebrews reveals this to us. He said to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all 
and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. This is why we got to know the word of God. This is why we got to be able to understand the Word of God and pray that God gives us greater revelation and greater knowledge of His Scripture, whose voice then shook the earth, the Scripture says, but now He hath promised, saying, Yet more, once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this Word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. It's the church of the living God. It's the people of God that have made up their mind, that I've made up my mind. I'm not leaving the church. I'm not walking away from the church. I'm not going away. I'm not going to try to buy into something else. I've already bought the truth. I'm not going to sell it. I'm going to stand on the Word of God, and I'm going to move forward in Jesus because it's about His kingdom. It's about Him, not just to uh, uh, be a decorated uh, pew warmer as our pastor was talking about today, but to be a vessel that can be used for the glory of God. There's rest in the tree. Jesus Christ, hallelujah. The Bible says before that, I've got to read this one scripture, Hebrews 12 and 28, same text. It says, wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot, which cannot, which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God's a consuming fire. Again, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to build some groundwork here. Amen. The fire of God will burn away the, wo the wood, the hay, the stubble. But God's fire will also purge the church and fortify it and make it a holy church. And there's many that have turned away and they profaned the church because they've walked away from the Word of God. And it's only the Word of God, as our pastor said, that's going to last forever and ever. The flower fadeth away, but the Word of the Lord endureth forever. And we are a part of that kingdom which is unshakable because of a God that spoke this world into existence. Uh, and not just spoke this world, but spoke you into existence in His mind when He said, let there be light. Hallelujah. There's rest in the tree. There's rest in the tree. Jesus Christ is the tree. He's the vine. He's the lifeblood of the church. I said he's the lifeblood of the church. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Our glory is not ours, but it's his glory that shows forth the praises of him which was called uh, that called us out of darkness, that brought us into His marvelous light. Uh, the life blood of our salvation and our destiny 
is in the Lord. There's no, there's no other outlet. There's no other way that you can tap into it. It only comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. We're no longer our own once we were born of God and received the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. We don't own ourselves anymore. Hallelujah. John 1 and 12 tells us, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We were born. We were born. Hallelujah. Uh, Uh, the Holy Ghost is trying to begin to work and move in somebody's heart right now. He's, I believe that the Holy Ghost is, is quickening somebody in their spirit even right now because the Word of the Lord is a quickening spirit. I didn't come to try to teach. I've come to bring an evangelistic message uh, to stir up the church today, lifting up the, the hands of ministry, lifting up the hands of our pastor to encourage somebody just to, just to be a soundboard of what's already been going forth and what he's already been preaching for 20 plus 7 plus years uh, I'm so thankful for that hallelujah but when we get a hold of the word of God I'm telling you not just being taught but get a hold of it and get revelation there's no telling what God will do here hallelujah hallelujah we were born of blood and flesh because we are the sons of men because of Adam Nevertheless, for the one that has been born again in the Spirit, we take on a brand new nature. And I think this, and I believe that this is what Paul was really trying to get across to the church of Rome, to understand that, that there's something greater than, than you. There's something better than you that, that you can never amount to, that you can never touch. You, you'll never be able to discern the spiritual things of God with a carnal mind. The only way that you can discern anything, it's got to be spiritual, and it has to be from a hunger that rises up on the inside of you, realizing that your life is in the branch of that, that goes into the trunk and goes down to the roots. It's in the vine. It's through the blood of Jesus that gives us the life power of what we need. If children of God, if people of God could only get a hold of and realize the true power and the divine nature that we can live in because we are in Him. Hallelujah. It's not us that does the works. It's Him that does every single thing. Even when it comes to the branches and even when it comes to the fruit that comes off of the branches, it's not us producing the fruit. It's the Lord that produces the fruit through us, through the power of His Spirit. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost today. I feel revelation. I, I feel that revelation is coming to some people's minds to understand that I'm greater. I'm greater. I'm greater because the greater one is on the inside of me. Can we just lift up our hands and just begin to talk to the Lord? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Brother Hilton did a tremendous job at the anniversary service at his brother at Pastor Hilton's church. And 
a lot of times I don't like bringing up the scriptures that the preacher uses, but I, I want to bring it up because it's the Word of God, and, and I, he did a phenomenal job. But the, his text was out of Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, and it says, And if ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. The Bible instructs us, it tells us, we need to walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, and ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Our pastor was talking about that this morning. That's why we have so many flavors of, of religion because of vain traditions and vain deceits and all the things that, that is, is, is not even comes close to the Word of God. All because of emotionalism and sensualism, and it's all about the pampering of the flesh. And, 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 and of course, as, as good as it feels to, to be able to pamper the flesh, it, it, it does feel good. We can't deny that, you know. But at the same time, we got to understand that, that we got to be able to pick up our cross, just as the disciples, they, they just left everything. They, they left it all. They left their dad. One of them left their father on the boat, picking up the nets and cleaning up, up after the mess. And those two, two men, hallelujah, James and John, they left everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Scripture says that we're complete in him. So what that, that's in that same text, and, but, but the biggest thing is that we can't follow after tradition. We can't follow after the things that worked yesteryears and the things that happened yesteryears because we don't live in the past. We live right now. God lives in the past, the present, and the future, and that's why God can do anything when it comes to His Word as long as it's in line with His Word, and that's why we can understand that, that, that we were touched and we have a testimony that we can bear witness in our spirit about what the Lord has done in our life. And we, we understand that it's a progression. It, we progress into greater things. And that's why the scripture says you're complete in him, Colossians 2.10. And before that it even says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We understand that every bit of what God was walked in flesh according to John 1.1 and John 1.14. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The writer of Hebrews says that the blood of the everlasting covenant. Hebrews 13, 20 talks about the blood of the everlasting covenant. It makes you perfect, the scripture says, uh, in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. None of us are good enough to do it on our own. We can't. We have to totally rely on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where the power is. And that's where the rest is. I'm talking about, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. Hallelujah. But the answer is in the tree. It's in the vine because of the blood. The blood is still the issue. 
Unfortunately, there's so many churches that have just stopped preaching about the blood. They stopped singing about the blood. They stopped uh, uh, talking about the blood. And a lot of them are even getting to the point of a philosophy in trying to entertain the fact that Jesus never really even came. It was just a, a great thought. It was just something that came together. And it is happening. And that's why there's so many people that are deceived because they don't even know the Word of God. And we need to know the Word of God. Hallelujah. Your eternal rest is in the tree. Jesus Christ, which is the Holy Ghost. He's the Holy Ghost, isn't he? What's his name? Amen. Amen. John the Revelator recorded the words of a servant that spoke to John in regard to the marriage supper of the land. Revelations 19.10, this is what the servant said. He said, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And this is an erroneous doctrine. Everybody says that the spirit of Jesus Christ is the spirit of, of prophecy, and that's not what the Word says. If you pay attention... Notice what it says. It doesn't say that Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, but it's the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. So what does that tell you today? We sing the song, I've got a testimony. I've got a testimony. When I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say, that I've been blessed, I've got it. That's, that's prophecy. Your testimony through Jesus Christ is prophetic because it draws people to the vine. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Pastor Reagan, if I haven't heard from the Lord for this church, I, today I have. And God is faithful. And God is trying to get you to understand. He's trying to get us to understand how big He really is. Yeah, we say it. We sing about it, Brother Hilton, in our songs. But do we really believe how great He really is and how mighty He really is? Hallelujah. We can get traditionally minded. Hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying tradition's bad, but we can get traditionally minded in our mindset of worship. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Clapping on two and four and, oh, I felt, the, I felt God, so I'm, I ran. Or preacher says, oh, run around three times or do this. And God's going to, we, we got to get a hold of God uh, as, as individuals as well when we come into the house of worship. That's why um, our pastor has taught. And, and I believe I concur with what he said. You, you go into some of these places and they're all moving to the beat and they're swaying. And, and I'm going to tell you, when I've watched uh, the Spirit of God really move, uh, it's, you have some people that are crying. You have some people that are laughing. You have some people that are rolling on the floor. You have some people that are just sitting in the pew going like this. You got some people that are just moved by the power, and it's not emotion, it's, but it's because of the Word of God in a true apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled church, and that's the way it should be. Amen, but, but we can't get locked in our mind with the spirit of tradition in our worship. 
Because it's not just coming into the house of God and lifting our hands. It's, it's a daily thing. The apostles did it every single day, day in and day out. Their worship was not just the hands lifted and not just praising, but their worship was a lifestyle. So when you wake up on Monday or Tuesday or whatever day of the week it is, it, it's about being, the, the, being in the vine so that somebody can be able to be touched by the master. But it's not going to happen unless it comes through your testimony. It's not going to happen unless it comes through through my testimony because there's some people that you're not going to be able to reach that I can and it's vice versa there's going to be some be some people that you can relate to that you can talk to and you can tell them what Jesus has done in your life and it's a spirit of prophecy that will get a hold of their hearts and it's not just some uh, outreach program but it's the, it's the power of the holy ghost that is rising up and manifesting through his church hallelujah Hallelujah. Jesus said, I'm the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. First Peter 5 and 10 says, But the grace of God hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. If we're abiding in the branch, if we're abiding in the vine, if we're abiding in Jesus, which is the tree, there is nothing that we can't accomplish with the help of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing that we can't accomplish if we're unified and we're locked arm to arm as a church, believing God to do what He said that He would do through the mouth of preachers and apostolic men that have prophesied over this church the things that Reverend James Davis has has said those things about the open door that's not just hearsay or that's not just emotionalism but it's the word of the Lord we've had men of God I remember uh, brother Terry Mays came into this place and he, he began to talk about an open door nobody said anything to him about it it was a prophetic voice uh, of the spirit that rose up uh, in him I'm telling you today there's a ministering spirit in this house today if you would just lift up your hand God's going to help you. He's going to help me. He's going to help this church like we've never been helped before. But we've got to realize that our help is in the tree. Our rest is in the tree. It's in the vine. Jesus said it's in the branches. It's in Him. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just about through here today. There's no trick. There's no tricks up our sleeves to be able to experience what I'm talking to you about today. There's no magic. There's no shortcuts. When it comes to living in God. Galatians 2, 19 tells us, For though the law, for I though the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. To live unto God, we have to crucify the flesh day in and day out. That's why Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. 
and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The greatest example that we can ever learn from is in Jesus Christ. And Jesus shows and boldly proclaims in John 14, 30, he says, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and have nothing for me, I concur, Pastor, this world is just getting dimmer and darker and darker. I don't want a part of it. There's a side of me, there's a side of me that says, no, God, there's so many that are lost. There's so many that are going to hell, God. There's a side of me that says, please wait, please wait. But yet there's another side of me that's saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. I don't want to blow through this stuff no more. I don't want to see the stuff that my children are going through. I don't want to see these things that are happening. They're so wicked and they're so vile. I don't want to see all this stuff, but there is a lost world that is dying, and I don't want to be apathetic. I want to care for somebody. I want to be able to touch somebody in their stifled life and to tell them about Jesus. One more opportunity to be able to tell somebody about what God has done in my life, what God has done in the church, what God has done in so many miraculous things. I want to tell somebody I don't want to be indifferent. I don't want to be apathetic. I want to care. I want to get a hold of the burden that our pastor has and what he preaches. I want to get a hold of that burden to be able to touch somebody, but I can't do that unless I'm resting in the tree. Jesus said, that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do arise, let us go hence. We have to have the same motivation and the same love that Jesus had for the church, and still does. But because of what He's already done, the redemptive work that He has already done, it's already finished. What I'm trying to say here today is people, 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 people that have this mindset that, oh, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to get spiritual. But we have been created as spiritual beings, which means that we need to live a lifestyle knowing that we're a part of the vine, not just coming in and clocking in and clocking out spiritually, so to speak, but to live this life to the abundance that Jesus promised and said that He would give to us because we're a part of the church. This is truly the only motivation that we have when it comes to the living God. Pastor Riggin, what I really believe is there's got to be a paradigm shift. There's got to be a change in the mindset of God's people. And we need to stop living for God, but living from God. Because when you try to live for God, 
You'll never measure up because I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to read so many scriptures from the Bible. I got to teach a Bible study. I got to do that. And we get so consumed with the works of God. That was the reason God rebuked the church of Ephesus because they left their first works. They walked away from their first works because they forgot about the love of God and what He did and how He shed His blood. And that is still where the power lies. I know we serve a holy God but it's His holiness. Hallelujah. Thank God for the teaching on God's holiness and separation. But it's that holiness that brings righteous judgment into the saint of God's life so that they can walk in the fullness of what He has prepared for each and every one of us. We really need a paradigm shift in our thinking. The paradigm is getting the revelation. But I'm not living for God. But I am living from God. I'm living from God. Doesn't Acts tell us in 17, for in Him we live? Does it say in Him? For in Him we live. We move. And have our being. This is a little thought provoking. But I submit to you today. That if we believe all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt. In Jesus Christ bodily. Would it be safe to say. That God's fullness is in us. Through Christ Jesus. I'm not trying to come up with some doctrine here, but I'm saying that if we're truly in the vine, if we're truly where, where we need to be, which is in the vine, where we get our life, where we get our nutrients, where we get everything that we need, comes from God, understanding that it's God, not me. It's not anybody else, but it's God that's working in me. For in Him we live and move and have our being. I'm, I'm not trying, please, don't think I'm trying to, I don't have time to validate everything what I'm trying to say. But just trying to provoke your thoughts to know that there's a place in God that goes from just belief. Are you hearing me today? I believe. I believe in the Lord. Praise God. We need to believe. But we need to know not just believe, we need to know the fullness of Christ. It's the fullness of Christ because of our love for Him that He gives us knowledge and He releases revelation and gives us understanding because of the fact that He's God. And He loves us that much that He wants us to understand all of the fullness of what He has did for us. from not, not just from the blood, but going all the way back before creation ever was when it was just God. When it was just God alone and nobody else, no other creation, not even an angel or anything else, but just God The only way that this happens is being transformed. And Paul talks about it by saying, 
Romans 12 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice what he says, though. He says, we, we think it's something magical or something spiritual that we're just going to automatically be transformed. But he gives a commandment. He says, be ye transformed. To be transformed, there's got to be a want to and a, an action of execution in the spirit to be able to, to go into his presence and understand, hey, I can't do this. Having the revelation and the knowledge and the understanding that it's got to come from God. So what I'm saying, to be transformed, you've got to have the desire. You've got to have the want to. You've got to, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking to saints in this house today. You know what it's like. You know when God has spoken to you in dreams and revelations and through the inspired Word of God through the inspired Bible that we read from. You know what I'm talking about. And when you understand that, that's how we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. But it's something that we have to step forward into. It's a dimension that just doesn't come, but it's something that we have to go into. Through the renewing of the mind. That's why we've got to have the Word of God. That's why we've got to open this book every single day and eat the Word, eat the Word, ingest the Word, get the Word on the inside. And it's, it's, it's not going to do any good just sitting on a shelf. It's not going to be good, do any good just from getting it out and reading a, a chart and then putting it back up. But what's going to do good is when you get it out and you understand that, that it's more important than any book, any other book that's been written. It's more important than anything else that I've heard. But when I open up the Word of God, I can understand and I can know that there is life and there is life more abundantly. There's life in it. There's spirit in that. There's everything that we need in this to survive and not just to survive but to be the overcomers that God has called each and every one of us to be. And that's through the blood of Jesus. He's given us the power. He has given us the authority, not our authority, but the authority of His Word to be able to walk in His Spirit day in and day out. Hallelujah. Uh, we're nothing without Him. We're nothing unless we abide in Jesus. We're the fullness of everything that dwells. It all dwells within Him. We are not spiritual powerhouses on our own, but it only comes through knowing Him and obtaining the knowledge of everything that He is. Second Peter 3 and 18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We are spiritual beings and we cannot as sons of God and as children of God do the things uh, the way we used to do the things before before we were filled with the Spirit there's got to be a change there's got to be a change hallelujah it's only going to be by the glory of God and His righteousness and His peace and His joy that I can walk in the Spirit and produce any fruit and it's not any fruit of my own it's the only fruit that comes from Him above I can't produce and make a fruit come into fruition. It's got to come from the, the produce maker. Jesus uh, is the produce maker. And if I'm inside of the vine, if you're inside of the vine, you can do anything uh, according to His Word if you just begin to ask and believe.
But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're no longer just sons of Adam no more. But because we are the sons of God, hallelujah, because of his righteousness, we no longer walk in the flesh. There is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus who walked not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I'm telling you, right now. I want to walk after the Spirit. You know why, Pastor? Because I want to know Him. I want to know Him greater. I want to know Him and understand Him. Hallelujah. In every way. I don't want to wait till I just get to heaven and all of a sudden I know everything. I want to know Him now. I want to be able to get into His presence now so that I can be, so that I can affect somebody's heart, so I can touch somebody by the power of His Spirit and not mine. We're no longer just sons of Adam, but became sons of God through Jesus Christ because he was the first begotten of the dead. Revelation tells us, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The scripture says, thank you, Brother Nelson, for leading us into worship. Revelation 1.7 says, behold, he cometh with clouds. And I would just charge and I would ask you as I ask myself today, am I in the vine? Am I truly in the vine? very sobering when you begin to think about it because I want to be ready the Bible says every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so amen I'm not trying to embarrass my brother but I encouraged him to come tonight He's got a son, and he wouldn't, he, he, he wouldn't mind me saying his name, which I'm going to. His name's Jonathan Larson. Totally backslid from God. Totally has walked away. And I told my brother, I said, I'd like for you to come. I feel like I have a, an encouraging word, not just to come and hear me preach, but I believe that I've got a hold of something that, that's going to change Jonathan's life, that's going to change every life. But there's people lost today because they've fallen off. They, weren't, they once were a branch, but they fell off. And I've got a beautiful story, a real life story. My wife has been growing tomato plants. I know some of you have been some recipients of that, and I hope you enjoyed the beefsteak tomatoes. Amen. Making my water, making my mouth water. But, you know, there was this one time, and I, I just, it kind of blew me away. One of the stems of the tomato plant broke. And I don't know if it was Sarah or her, but they, they, got, they got some tape. And they put that stem back together. And they put tape around it. And they kept on watering it and kept on taking care of it. And that stem 
is producing tomato plants today. And Paul uses that parable to explain that he is a God of restoration. He's a God that wants to renew. He's a God that wants to restore and make better than ever before. And just like that tomato plant, what a beautiful illustration how God speaks to us through His Word. If you've been broken off or if there's some things that have, have bound you, you can get back and be a part of the vine because that's where the life is. That's where the blood, the life is in the blood tells us. And it's the blood of Jesus that has never lost its power. And I'm here to tell you today, we've got to be in the vine. There's a rest in the tree. There's a rest in the tree. The musicians would like to come whenever you feel in your spirit. If you feel the play or... If you need to stay down here and pray, whatever you want to do, this is for everybody. I just pray that you'd be obedient to the Holy Ghost that's in this house. Let's just not play games. Let's be real and really get a hold of, of God in this place tonight. Because I need Him. I desperately need the Lord. I don't want it just to be another Sunday night of, of hand claps and just shouts. Shouts will fade away. But God's Word, we need to start wording things out. Not just worship. What I'm talking about, word things out. Not, not just because of the feel good and the things when we come in and we're thank you Jesus and the, 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 uh, the goosebumps and the fuzzy wuzzies and all those things. The, the shouts and the dances. That I'm not saying that it's, it's not worthless. But what I'm saying is, is what is that, that going to continue to do? We've got to uh, put away childish things, the scripture says. Uh, We've got to put away the, the things and we really need to mature. We need to mature in Christ. And where it's not just about getting a breakthrough just because I raised my hands and I worship, but though we need to do these things, but wording out, wording out what the Word says and to execute what the Bible says and, and, and put it into practice. They always say, you know, uh, preachers uh, practice what you preach and and I, I feel like I, I've got to live that way, especially when I've got four daughters watching me and everything else. And, but I'm not doing that for them. I'm doing that because I love God, and I'm not perfect by any means. I'm, I'm, the Lord is still working on me, but it's because I realized uh, that I need to be a part of the vine. i got to come into that resting place, uh, which is in that tree. I'm just about done. Exodus uh, chapter 19, God promised Moses and what Moses recorded in Exodus. He said, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. This came to pass... Actually, when God began to pour out His Spirit in Acts chapter 2, and Peter penned it like this in 1 Peter 2, 9, which echoes what God spoke to the prophet Moses in Exodus 19. He says, but ye are a what? A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Peter 
was talking about the promise of the Holy Ghost, which John was referring to as well. Amen. But it's only going to be resting in the tree. It's, it's only going to rest with the connection of Jesus Christ. If we can all stand, Jesus said, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. This is a promise. Jesus said, He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, Jesus said, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gathered them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. There are some branches that have fallen off the vine that, that God is wanting somebody to try to, do, to rescue that branch and to engraft it back into the vine. Just because they've fallen off and because it, just because it seems so dark and it seems like it's just total hopelessness in someone's life. God can use somebody to pick up that branch and to bring it back to the vine. I'm thankful for the Word of God today. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Psalter's open today. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. I close with this scripture. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest... He also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the sample or the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Can we just begin to reach out to God wherever you are? Wherever you're at, you can make it an altar. You can come down to the front. You can stay right where you're at. But I'm asking you, I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with you. Reach out to God right now. God wants you to understand that if you're in Him, if you're in Him, there is nothing that God can't do. There's nothing that He can't accomplish because He is the vine. He is that tree. He is that place of rest. He is that place. If you need a miracle from God today, God can touch that need if you would just call on His name even right now. He's not just the God of salvation, but He is the God of miracles, of miracles, of miracles, of miracles. 
miracles. If there's cancer in your body, if you would just lift up your hands, whether you're hearing it via media or if you're right here and, and you've had a, a prognosis, if you just begin to call on Jesus, let Jesus come in and touch that need. If you've been struggling and, and you don't understand why there's certain things that you've been through, that's okay. Just get into the vine. Let the vine and the blood flow into that need. Hallelujah. We're a part of that vine through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because of baptism and also being filled with His Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Can we just begin to cry out to God? Hallelujah. From the depths of our soul. <laughs> 